Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to Theology at the Threshold. My name is Cole Burks, and this is my contextual project for my master's degree. I am going to be taking topics that I am studying in school and putting them into podcast form so that we can learn together. I want to make these things really accessible for you and for those who are interested in knowing what it's like to kind of be in, in seminary school. And so thank you so much for jumping on and listening today. I hope this encourages you. I hope you find this helpful. And most of all, I hope this deepens your walk with God. Welcome to season one. Well, hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to session or episode number two. Um, As you know, we told you in the last episode, this is going to be recorded in a season format. So these will be back to back to back to back to back. We actually are recording all of this in the same day. And so, um, yeah, if you didn't get to watch episode one, go ahead and go back and watch that one. Be very important for you to uh, watch just so that you can get some definitions and stuff of of how we're kind of talking about spiritual formation going forward. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really it for the, the intro to, to session number two. Yeah, here we are. We're back at it again. I say that as though we've been gone for a long time. It's been 30 seconds since we finished episode one. So 30, yeah, literally 30 <laughs> seconds ago we hit, here's a timestamp and then we rolled right into this next one. So forgive us if it's, if it seems like that, you know, it's a bit awkward. Forgive us for wearing the same outfit that you yeah. just saw us in. Forgive us. But uh, anyways, we're going to jump right back into it. Um, at the end of the last episode, you had kind of started talking about uh, spiritual, uh, active and passive spirituality. Um, so I know that those are kind of be the practices that we talk about. Um, but what does spiritual formation look like in the life of a follower of Jesus? Yeah, so... There's a very common scripture used in in lots of spiritual formation books, but uh, Henry Newman uses this, and this is this is really what I want to read. Um, it's John twenty one, eighteen through eighteen and nineteen. It says this: "I tell you the truth. This is this is after Peter has denied Jesus. This is after he's been restored on the beach. This is when they're sitting there having their fish and coffee, and he's been restored and." Now Peter's kind of asking some stuff about his life. And he says this, he says, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would glorify God with. <clears throat> then Jesus told him, follow me. Yeah. And so you see right here, just in this text, that there is kind of a an active side of this where Peter, like Jesus is literally saying, Peter, when you were young, you did the things. Right. You dressed how you wanted. You dressed yourself. You you went where you wanted to go. You did what you wanted to do. Right. Later in your life, there's going to be someone else who takes you to the places that you don't want to go. Right. And Henry Newman says this. I think this is 
so important that maturity in the life of the believer is being willing and able to follow Jesus into places you may not necessarily want to go. Right. Which honestly, like I find that to be so countercultural almost to yeah. like today's society yeah. because, uh, you know, I, I watch some kids every week and, uh, one of them's eight years old and he's looking at me the other day. He goes, Brandon, I can't wait to be an adult. Cause then I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And it's like, and in his mind, because he's not matured yet, being an adult really means being able to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But Jesus is saying to be mature in your faith, you don't get to just do yeah. whatever you want to do. As you grow, as you grow and as you mature, he's telling Peter, you, you're not going to do anything that you want to do. Right. You're going to die a death that you didn't even choose. Right. You're going to die in a way that you probably are not going to like what I'm about to tell you, but I'm about to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and so... Uh, I think I think it's important to note that when we're discussing active and passive spirituality, it really is like the difference between what you do and what God does. Sure. It really is the difference between, and we're going to elaborate on more of that later. Like that really seems like it's like very forward and it seems so vague and, and, and well, it seems very like daunting in a way. Yeah, sure, I just sure, like sure. use the scripture where Peter is used. Peter is going to die, right? And I'm like, yeah, God's going to take you to places and do things in your life. That you don't want to. <laughs> God's going to take places you don't want to so go. So much more. It's but but there is a beauty in just following Jesus, right? Surrender to Jesus, right? There is such a beauty in that, and and that really is like God showing up, and maybe you feel called to do something or. Maybe you want to go somewhere. Maybe you feel called to the mission field. Maybe you feel called to pastor a church. That's really in later. Like when God calls you to do something that you're not currently doing, that is the test of maturity, Yeah, I think. So, yeah. So let's dive into what active and passive yeah. spirituality That's going are. to be my next thing is like, you know, we don't want to take these people too far down any rabbit yeah. holes because yeah. Cole and I could do that. All day long, which yes. is why we have show notes, so we stay on topic. So, what is active spirituality? The best way that I think um, I know how to describe active spirituality is actually comes from a verse in James that has so shaped my life, um, especially in seasons where I felt incredibly dry um, and I didn't really know what God was up to. Um, there's a verse in James chapter four starts in seven and eight. And it, it says this, it says, move towards God and he will move towards you. Move towards God and he will move towards you. Very complicated. And active spirituality is when we make a move towards God that's what active spirituality is. It's the part that we play. Um, like, for instance, God will not make you pray. God will not make you fast. God will not make you come to church. God will not make you take a Sabbath. He will not make you do anything. Active spirituality is the part that we play. And I think it's so deeply important to note that 
God will not will not make you do anything that that is a move towards him. Right, sure. He won't make you do anything. He's not going to force those steps. Yeah. The majority of your life is active spirituality. Right. The majority of your life is going to church, praying, being in a community group, giving, serving. Right. And those things are forming you. It's the spiritual formation. It's what God is using to form you even when you don't feel it. Right. It is the it is your move towards God. And I think it cannot be overstated enough that active spirituality, active spirituality is some of the most important things that we do in our lives. And they it cannot the, the importance of that cannot be overstated. It cannot be overstated how important it is for you and I to participate in in, in the things in the ways of life right. like, literally that we have at this church. Yeah. Um, it it cannot be overstated that that you come to church every week, that you're in a community group, that you are prioritizing your family, that you're giving generously and you're serving your neighbor. We believe as we do those things, our hearts are going to find rest in God. Right. And we're going to be able to show people Jesus faithfully. Right. And so cannot be overstated how important the active side of, of spirituality is. Yeah. Now on the flip side, what is passive spirituality? Yeah. So <clears throat> this is, this is the fun stuff, right? Right. Um, this is what you don't do. This is what God does. So like, for instance, you can't practice having an encounter with God. You can't do that. There, there is something deeply important. There, there is a factor that you don't have control over. And that's the manifestation of God. Right. You can't do enough for God to manifest himself to you in a real way. The passive side of spirituality, a lot of times what happens is, is as you get in this rhythm of active spirituality, of showing up to church, getting in a community group, coming to prayer, going to a worship night, reading your Bible, serving, giving. As you began to do all of those things, God shows up in the middle of those moments. Right, right, right. And there is an encounter that you have with Jesus that the only reason that this is happening is because God. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, it's the moments in, like, for instance, this is a great example. Have you ever hear, you ever hear those people, they're like, man, I get in my car and I cut on worship music. Yeah. And it's like the spirit of God just fills my car. Right. That is passive. Right. And which is funny, too. You like, didn't do anything. And even just the act of like turning on worship music and making that choice is a bit of active that is, spirituality. That is exactly right. And so, so it's like active spirituality. Like I know, like we were saying, like we know it can sound daunting, but sometimes the active really can just be as easy as that first little small step of turning on worship music and saying, God, whatever you want to do today. But and, like, and, and really and truly, like I, I need to make this like so clear to people. Active spirituality 
is engagement with God in ways that it, it's really just simple. It's engaging with him, period. Right. Like it's it's literally sometimes you don't want to pray and you saying, God, I'm not really wanting to pray. Right. I don't really feel like praying. Sometimes where it may be good for you to cut on worship music, you saying, don't want to listen to worship music. Right. It is those moments with God. Um, here, here's a better example, actually. Um, my friend, our friend, I'm going to use this story because he shared it publicly at our church, mm-hmm. or I wouldn't use it. Our friend David, recently he was uh, in Orlando, and he was just riding down the interstate in Orlando, going to pick up some friends, and, and he said really like he was kind of overcome with guilt and shame from his past sure. and, and all of that. And he didn't really know why he was feeling all of that. And he says, all of a sudden, God showed up in a moment and touched his heart in a way that he'll never forget. Right. And that is more of the active, or sorry, that's more of the passive spirituality. And here's something about passive spirituality. God shows is showing up to deal with the things that we are so deeply attached to right right right. like in those moments like like for instance you just can't shake that sin cycle or you can't shake that's such a pentecostal term sin cycle (laughs) like you can't shake that bad habit you can't shake like it feels like that you are trapped in bondage and and you really probably are passive spirituality is when god shows up and sets you free from that passive spirituality is when it's like you hear those stories and it's like in a moment everything changed. And I think it's so, so deeply important that you know that God does show up in moments and change hearts. Right. But the way a lot of times God will work stuff out in your life is he will ask you to engage with him actively over and over and over again. Right. And he'll show up in the middle of you making a move towards him, he moves towards you. Right. And there is this there is this process of freedom. There is this walking out of freedom. Not a lot of people talk about that. No. Everyone, especially in our circles, has the story of God showing up in a moment and setting them free. Right. And those moments happen. Sure, absolutely. I, I think those moments happen, and I think those moments are real, and I think they're powerful. I just don't think, uh, maybe this is my skepticism, but this <laughs> is just is what it is. Maybe God wants to deal with some skepticism in me, but I just don't think it's as often as we say it has. Sure, and I think one of the problems that we have, too, whenever, because we do love to glorify those moments, especially. Like the, you know, I had one moment at an altar and everything changed. Mm-hmm. And I remember before I was, I was talking to some people and they were just feeling really beaten down. They're like, I've been dealing with this so long. And I'm like, sometimes you have to remember Jesus spent hours on the cross and spent three days in the grave. Yeah. That wasn't even instantaneous. Right. Like some oh, yeah. things are all about the walking it out. Mm-hmm. Like I think too, something that I have preached before I have preached this and man, I probably should preach this again soon, but like, when we say, take your sin to the cross so that it can die, here's what people miss in all of this. Crucifixion 
Death by crucifixion has never been instant. Crucifixion is not an instant death. It is just putting something in its proper place right. so that it will die. Right. And that's the way that I think, that's what active spirituality leads us to. It's, it's this taking to the cross over and over and over again so that the things in us that God needs to deal with, he can deal with. Um, I think one of, the, one of the coolest moments that I've had recently just with being in God's world was at the Biltmore Mansion. Sure, yeah. Um, and the, the gardens at the Biltmore are just, I mean, they're just beautiful. But, but really and truly, the, one of the things that you'll see there is this, there, there is a, a clear plan right. to how everything in that garden is laid out. But that's not, the plan doesn't make it beautiful. Right, yeah. The plan doesn't make it beautiful. It's the growth of whatever flower or tree or whatever that makes everything so right beautiful. I remember sending a picture to Kelby, um, one, of, one of our friends here, and I said, this is how we are with God. And it's just an intertwining of this beautiful tree on yeah. this huge trellis that I just like you've just never seen that before. It's like this is this is how we are with God. We're one with God, and 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 when we become one with God, and we get into these ways of life that really Jesus practiced. This right. oneness really creates this this desire for active spirituality, and then this passive God showing up and doing a work in us. It, it really creates this beautiful thing, this this trellis of beauty. And and but but to go further into the Biltmore thing, when I was there at the Biltmore Mansion, really and truly, like all I could think about was like this is the way that we are supposed to look with God. Like this beautiful garden is the work of God in us, right? But people so miss what makes the work of God become so beautiful. And it's the it's it's the work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the work. It's and, it's the us moving towards God and then God moving yeah. back towards us. And like and again, it very much is like the trellis. It's like as long as we continue to grow, there will always be something to grow yeah. into and to shape us. And but if we stop growing, yeah. I think I think there's we, also we can't be formed past that. Yeah, I think there's also something to be said here that's super super important to me. This is not a goal, right? Like we are like spiritual formation is not you setting goals and achieving them, right? It's that it's you getting into rhythms and allowing God to form you into those rhythms, right? Like I have a daily prayer rhythm, and I need to repent before my diocese because I have not been great about joining recently. But one of the things that our one of the bishops in our diocese says, he says this, that that this is a rhythm of life. Prayer starts our day and it ends our day. Right. And and it's not that I don't pray. Right. It's sure, just sure. That, that I haven't been on the prayer call as much as I need to be. Right. Which is daily. And a lot of times it's because I have a screaming child in the car. You know, it happens. Nobody wants to hear that. So, but um, 
I think it's so important that we have something in our lives. We have practices in our lives where we are showing up and saying, God, I'm here. Like, God, this is this is my move towards you. Right. And it's not like, obviously not in a threatening way, but it's like, hey, God, like, I'm here, and I really want to know you in this. Right. What are you up to in this? It's and like, think, it's, it's, it's just having that moment where it's like, God, I am actively saying I'm putting the things aside and focusing on you. Yep. Do what you want to do. Do exactly, whatever you want to do, even if it's nothing. Right. Like, I remember one of the, like, the most beautiful, like, prayer meetings that I've been in, in in a long, long time was actually here on this past Tuesday night. Like, Kelby and Lauren, they they have prayer on Tuesday nights mm-hmm. at the church. I mean, you're more than welcome if you're a part of our church to come to that anytime. But they just get in this room and pray. They don't have any agenda. They don't have a goal. Yeah. Um, it's really just sitting and listening to what the Spirit wants to say. It's creating a space within our community to, for people to come hear from God. I think it's so important. But I, I like, come and, like, man, like, Honestly, like, we just came to prayer. Yeah. And, like, people hate that. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, people, for some reason, like, it has to be... There has to be a big thing to talk about. And it's like, the big thing is, is that the Spirit of God was here. Right. I sensed His Spirit. And sometimes the beauty is the mystery of not knowing what God was doing in right. that moment. He was doing something. Like I mean, we we took time. We prayed for uh, the the Israel and the Palestinian mm-hmm. war right now. And it's like, even if we just came together to agree that you know that that war would end mm-hmm. and that Palestinians would be free and that people would stop getting killed in Israel, yeah, and that. You know, that all of that, people would stop getting killed in Palestine. And that, uh, you know, that one of the things that we prayed over and over and over again, or I prayed over and over and over again, that God, we we prayed that they would value life more than land. Right. And I, man, like, that just hit me in like a weird, weird way for some reason. But it was super powerful. and. What was happening in that moment, I don't know, but God was showing up in that moment and doing something in our hearts. Right. And it really was just that. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. We came and prayed. And I think, too, something, you know, kind of getting back on uh, what we were talking about, you brought up rhythms a lot. Mm. And I think that's something, too, that we kind of need to reevaluate, mm-hmm. you know, within the church and... You know, again, I'll, I'll say this a lot uh, during this podcast, during the season is, you know, being countercultural mm-hmm. is I feel like the active and passive spirituality, like the way you're describing it, being a rhythm kind of removes this like desire to set an end goal for like, okay, when I do X, Y, and Z, I know I've accomplished my spiritual formation. Yeah. And it's like, there is no end goal there. Yeah. Like the end goal is a rhythm that you will live for the rest of your life yeah. or at least for the rest of the season until a yeah. new rhythm will fit it better. Yeah. And but there is no end goal to what we're trying to accomplish. The the if there was an end goal which you are you if you are seeking this goal for the sake of accomplishing a goal You've already missed it. Right. The end goal is that they, we would look like Jesus. Yeah. 
But slowing down and submitting to that process for people like me, especially like you've worked with me for, I don't know, how many years have we worked together total? think all in probably about five or six. Yeah. So you've worked with me at two different jobs. This being the third. This being the third. <laughs> yeah. And there is something very specific like about my work habits. Yeah. And it's literally like we're going to do as much as we can. <laughs> right. <laughs> as, as fast as we can. And check every box before the end of the week and it's Tuesday. Yeah. And it's like if we can get ahead of the game. If we can be working on next week before this weekend, right? Perfect. If we are working on this week, I'm frustrated, right? And it's like, obviously, that changes a little bit in the context of ministry, but in like having goals and setting them and hitting them doesn't necessarily mean that you're being formed in it, right? And for a person like me who see like who is very like naturally, like, if you have a list of tasks for me to do, we will be getting those done as fast as possible. Right. We're not, like, taking time to, like... My mindset is I will have more free time if I do these tasks as fast as possible. Yes. Versus, like, doing a little task and then taking a little break. <laughs> Why like, would I spend all day doing all of the tasks yeah. if I can do all of the tasks in like yeah. the morning and then have the rest of the day? That that's really like how we even operate as a staff. Yeah. I don't want y'all here all day. Right. Like I want you to do what you need to do. I want you to be available to pastor people. Right. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> it's like it's like we have tasks. I, like I have to write a sermon every week. I write that at the most weird times like yeah. all of my pastor friends are like why do you do that like that seems so odd like i write all of my sermons on sunday afternoon yeah after i just got off the stage preaching we just got them all now you got all your thoughts in one spot yeah and it's like they're all there yeah so but but anyways back to the back to the point again we'll ramble back to the point literally this is not, there is no end goal the end goal is jesus and I don't see anyone in their spiritual formation in their process beaming with the light of Jesus and healing every sick person, right. raising every person that dies from the dead. I don't I don't see that. And and maybe that's not even not even what the goal is. Um I do know But it, here's an even like easier goal though. Yeah. I don't see people treating others kindly in every yeah. situation. Yeah. I don't see people believing the best of other people yeah. in every situation or being patient with them. And and that is also being the image of Jesus. Yeah. We do love the miracles and everything, yeah. but it's also the mindsets and attitudes of Jesus that we are being formed. And into. I think that's so that like, I'm glad that you said that. Cause I, I think that's like the mindsets and the attitudes of Jesus. Yeah, man. Like we could just preach about that. I could preach about that. Like for, for days, day. like the mindsets and the attitudes of Jesus. That is so good. I think it's so important, man. Yeah. I think it's just so important that we say, Lord, I don't want to do the things that you you did while you were here. Right. Like healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, cleansing lepers, all of that stuff. Yes, that is a part of this. Right. But more than this, I want to be one with you. Right. So that I am so like you that that comes natural. 
Right, right, right. That that is a natural consequence of who I am. Right. Not a goal I'm trying to hit. Right. I remember one time when I was young, younger, and then we'll we'll wind down this yep. this episode. One time when I was younger, there was a guy, he said, Cole, you're gonna have a healing ministry that's going to build you a platform that's going to make you famous, essentially. And I was like None of those three things. <laughs> Are important. <laughs> yeah, let me. Yeah, let me. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like having a healing ministry and a platform and, and being, being famous. famous like, yeah, is it the goal? No. Never. Um, becoming like Jesus's ministry wasn't even a healing ministry. It's yeah. the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah, it's yeah, and so I think it's, but but spiritual formation. What happens is, is those things like those things are become like literally an afterthought, right? Like it, like do I have a platform? I guess, yeah. Like, but I think it's so interesting that I gave up a platform, right, to move here to be a part of this to literally. I don't even know how to say this, to make a move towards God in the area of spiritual formation. Right. To say, God, I want you to do something in me in this season that is going to sustain me for the rest of my life. Right. And so I, I, you know, really and truly, when when we break it down, there is no goal. Right. The goal is to move towards God consistent. There is no goal to achieve. If you want a goal, I guess I should stop saying there is no goal. There is really a goal. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it's to move towards God right. consistently and then trust him to do his part. And that's when you have entered into the active and passive spirituality kind of mindset. Hopefully that you see that. Um, and God's going to do a work in you. As you move towards him, he's going to move towards you. Yeah. Now, um, we are kind of, we're approaching the 30 minute mark, which is kind of where we want these to, to land. Can you give the people a preview of what, uh, session three is going to look like? Just a quick little teaser <clears throat> to get them to click on through to the next one. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to teach you how to, I, or we're going to teach you. I'm not, God, that sounds, I'm not teaching you. Yeah, I'm asking we, questions yeah, for you. Yeah. So. I'm going to really talk about how to sustain all of this sure. inside of a rule of life, like how to sustain active spirituality and passive spirituality, what that is, how that, how that plays out. And, and because a lot of times what happens in Christian culture is that we live our lives based off experiences, not patterns. Right. And we live our lives based off of like the cloud by day and the fire by night. Yep. And I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but but I don't think that you should chase the cloud and the fire, right? Um, the smoke, whatever. I think you should get rooted in the ways of Jesus, yeah, and allow Him to transform you. And when the cloud by day and the fire by night shows up, follow it, yeah. But but don't make that the the aim. Don't right. make that the goal. Right. So. Well, I believe that will be all for session number two. Uh, Stick around for session number three. Cole, any parting words for the people? Yeah, click on the next one. Great. Yeah.